I was really passionate about the business and in school I really wasn't interested to be honest. So I would normally start my day waking up at around five five o'clock in the morning and I would sort of work for a few hours before school. I would normally work in my lunch break at school as well. This episode on the spike we speak to Zach Fortag. Zach is a young entrepreneur from Chigwell who's achieved great things from clothing line, social enterprise, to even being shouted out by Lord Adam Sugar. In this episode, we speak about the life as a young entrepreneur, some of the struggles and some of the highlights of his career so far. Make sure you hit follow on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. If you are on Apple Podcasts, obviously you may have seen there is an update. If you click the three dots in the top right and then hit follow that way. So yeah, my name is Zach Fultag. I'm a young entrepreneur from London. I currently run a social enterprise called the Head of Time Academy. And I also am involved in a few startups and some exciting youth projects. Yeah, perfect. I mean, we'll, we'll start at the start with yourself. I mean, what were you like at school? Yeah, so at school, I wasn't the best. From I would say from the age of about 11, I started sort of misbehaving because I didn't really get on well with the traditional education system. When I got into 14, sort of the year before you would do GCSEs, I started my first business, which was a wholesale business, which I started because I started reading business books and I read an Alan Sugar book. And that got me interested in, you know, buying goods for cheap and then selling them. And that business taught me about hard work and about drive and about being confident and selling. And it was a decently tough business, but I always started that because in school, I didn't get on well with the education system. And I felt there was a lack of direction for the type of person I was. You set up a clothing line whilst you were still at school as well, didn't you? Yeah. So after my wholesale business, I started a motivational clothing brand called Ahead of Time. And that was basically for young people who struggled in school and was interested in things like business and entrepreneurship and fashion. But also we wanted to connect with young people through clothing. So I ran that for a few years. We sold our clothing in the end in about 15 countries. We worked with places like ASOS, Boys Base, Pure London Fashion Show, we as well worked with the largest retailer in California, which was called Titanic, which was one of the largest hat stores in the world. And we also helped over 100 young people get involved in the fashion and business industry. We provided them with some incredible opportunities, such as designing a T-shirt for the catwalk at Pure London Fashion Show, which was seen by over 100,000 people across four days there. We'd, we'd done well. We achieved what we set out to do there. So it was a good business to sort of get started with. Where did the idea, the name come from? So obviously you've stuck with the name now. It's mm-hmm. not something you've changed. You, you've kept quite loyal to it. So yeah. where, where did that all come from? Well, yeah, so I've, I've had three businesses now uh, with a head of time name. So it's something I've sort of stick with and kept that brand name. I always felt like it was a good name and a lot of people sort of catch on to the name. Uh, I like the name because, you know, I always, people used to say I was sort of ahead of time because, you know, a typical 14, 15 year old wouldn't be, you know, running a business, wouldn't be sort of doing these important things. So I liked the name because I thought it represented the brand well and represented what I was trying to achieve. And yeah, the name just sort of carried on throughout my businesses, throughout an event company and also through my social enterprise because I feel like the name represents my social enterprise and the brand very well. It was a bit of a tricky one. We started as an event company. I always felt like, you know, going to business events as a young person, you would never find, you know, 25, 30 year olds. That was why I started it initially. We spent the first period, the first few months, actually booking out event rooms, finding partners, finding investors. And then when COVID happened, we changed the whole business to an online platform. So then I spent a few months redesigning the website, spent a few months speaking to all the speakers, 
And then after a few months, we decided to become a social enterprise. And what the aim of that is, is to help young people with educational opportunities that they wouldn't get in school. So we teach important things like financial education, entrepreneurship, mental health. We do courses, over 20 hours of courses. We do webinars, groups, events, blogs. So since we started about a year ago, we've worked with over 5,000 young people. We've had about 20,000 courses watched on our site. And we've helped over 100 young people secure job interviews for our site. And also five young people have started businesses as well through our membership program and through our site. We've got two really big projects, uh, which have never actually been done before in the UK, currently underway, which are currently going through the government. So it's not something I can sort of go into detail, but maybe we can have another conversation once they're actually underway. But see, I know obviously you had Elliot Brain, and obviously he did a course for you as well on the website. And is the plan with that still to grow the courses, get more on there, develop that side of the business? Yeah, that is important. I think coming out of COVID, we want to start doing some more physical events and also the projects, start focusing on those as well to really create bigger impact because the whole point of the organisation is to really create huge impacts and huge projects which have never sort of been tested out before and will achieve great things nationwide. That's our aim sort of moving forward uh, into the new year. I do know what you mean. Obviously, the average age of the people at those events is 40 plus. Yeah. Have you been to many of them yourself where it's been like that? Yeah, so I started going to business events when I was about 15. And when I went to business events, it was always quite hard to communicate with people because, you know, I never sort of found anyone even close to my age. And I always knew that there were young entrepreneurs out there. And when you used to search for, you know, business events for young people, there was never really much that would come up. So I always thought there was quite a gap in the market for it, which is why I did try and start one. But yeah, going to business events at a young age, it was always quite difficult in regards to that. Because mm, I think I started going to them when I was 20. I remember when I first started going, I used to dread it. I used to absolutely hate it, but realised that, okay, it was a bit of a long-term thing that yeah. people will get over the age as well when I'm getting older as well. And when people get used to it and seeing the work. But I do think as a young entrepreneur, it is one of the most challenging things because that's where the best contacts are made. Well, some of the best contacts where a lot of businesses passed and you're kind of an outsider, in my opinion, when you go into those rooms. Yeah, but I think it's also a positive because you sort of stand out more being a young person in those events. So I think, you know, you've got to sort of try and take it as a positive. Once people get past that and they've met you a couple of times and they start to see actually the work you've done, mm. I think it then comes a massive positive and people love it. People bounce off having a younger person there. There's new ideas. It's a lot more energy normally as well. So I think people do see it as a good thing, but it does take those first couple of times to break it down. And I think those are the times where people, they'll go and then be put off it because of that. Once you get past that point, I think then you're absolutely flying with those kind of events. Yeah, I think that's what's tough as well. You know, with sort of older people taking you seriously when you first start. Um, so, you know, you sort of just got to act as, try and act as professionally and as confident as you can. Yeah, and you mentioned older people. So you, you've got a team, don't you? And I've read, obviously, that some of the team are older than you. And it's a conversation that I have with quite a lot of young entrepreneurs. And do you find it a struggle managing people that are older than you, your team? or um, Since I was a, probably, I'd say, 16, I've employed people who are up to, you know, about the 40, 50-year-old mark. And at the start, it was quite difficult, you know, when you start first interviewing them. But I think as you sort of go along, you feel a bit more comfortable and confident with it. So it's not too difficult for me. But I think when you're starting, it, it can be quite daunting, you know, having someone double your age, actually asking you for, for work. So yeah, that, that is quite difficult at the start. Mm. And how do you find the day-to-day -day management of someone that's a lot older than you? Have you got any tips for anyone else that might be about to go through that or is going through it and struggling at the moment? I would say, you know, just try and feel as confident and comfortable and also sort of get them to share the same vision as you, 
get them to see the targets and the aims of your company and what you're trying to achieve. And I think if you do that and you've got the same vision, like with sort of any, any sort of teamwork, then it will work well. So how did the Alan Sugar shout out come about? Oh, sorry. Lord Alan Sugar shout out come about. Sir Alan Sugar has said that my next guest is destined to big things. Zach Fortag. Zach Fortag. It was obviously a really big achievement because when I first started the business, it was sort of through his book. And I started sort of getting recognised more in the local area because we're from Chigwell. And I spoke to a member of his team who was sort of his head publicist guy through email who sort of saw one of my articles and I told him a bit about what my charity was doing. And then he said he would speak to Sir Alan and um, try and get some promotion through that. When I saw that on Twitter, I had actually, I remember I was driving to get a haircut and the social media person called me, the intern, was like, oh my God, we just got Alan Sugar shouting us out. And I pulled over and I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it because through that we got a lot of sort of recognition and a lot of people contacting us. So it was a really big achievement. And I think it's something now that people think, you know, one of the best entrepreneurs and one of the most recognised entrepreneurs in the country was sort of shouting and promoting and advocating me, which was obviously a really big achievement. How did that feel when you saw it? It did feel good. I thought, you know, that's sort of some recognition for the hard work I've done and put in over the last few years. I did see the tweet. I remember it because I saw it. When was it? I think we first connected. I think it was on your, was it LinkedIn? Is it on yeah, there? LinkedIn and probably Instagram as well. Twitter, Pinterest. Yeah, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Put on my front door everywhere. To be fair, it is one of those things, isn't it? Email signature. You could definitely yeah. get that in your email signature. Well, that would be but, good, idea. Yeah, a little quote at the bottom of it, just saying it and then be like, Lord Anna Sugar. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's very unique, but a bit, a bit egotistical. If I had an email, it was a sales email, and I saw that and I was like, hyperlink it, they click the link, it goes to the tweet. I'd be yeah, like, that will be good. I'd be like, fair enough, actually. I'd be like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, it's a talking point, isn't it? I guess, especially yeah. if you're doing things like that, I would definitely throw yeah. it in your email signature now. You're going to think about it later and be like, yeah. what does it look like? <laughs> I might just try it out, send an email, see what feedback I get. Has there been like a standout moment for you so far? It was actually quite a funny story. I had my first office in, in Barbican, London. Really nice office overlooking the Shard and everything. And I was there one night at about 12 o'clock. We just secured you know, a really good deal. We were really going well as a company. And actually, a security guard came and chucked me out of my own office. He thought I was just some young guy in my like, boss's office. Eventually, he sort of realised because he sort of went down to the reception and went for the details. And that sort of just really sort of identified how well I was doing that I could achieve stuff and I was sort of trying to turn people's expectations. And another one as well, I would say, when I went into ASOS head office as well, and my business partner at the time, he basically said, you know, why are you reaching out to such big brands? And after a few no's, you know, I, I eventually got an opportunity to go meet there. And once we did meet there, we secured a good deal with them. So that was as well a really big achievement for me. And, you know, I wouldn't say being on sort of big publications is really an achievement because I feel like that's just, you know, evidence of your hard work and what you've achieved. But I feel like, you know, getting recognised and having big journalists approach you for your views on important topics is a really good achievement as well. I bet that security guard feels like a right idiot. No, he did. He did. <laughs> I'm guessing he didn't sack him or anything like that. But did you see him uh, around quite a lot after? A few times, yeah. He could have got in trouble, but I said, you know, just leave it because I didn't want obviously him getting in trouble does look a bit weird you know me like at 12 at night in like this office and then the security guy going around i do see where he could be coming from yeah but at the same time exactly. it's, don't really judge someone especially right now i see some young people absolutely flying but I, I can't imagine seeing like an 18 19 year old just mm. walk around an office he'd be a bit like 
especially at midnight as well. Like, yeah. right, surely, surely yeah, around not. computers and stuff. I did get his point. One of the things I really enjoy about doing the podcast is speaking to other people that are young entrepreneurs that have done really well. What would you say is the biggest challenge as a young entrepreneur? Being able to keep going and not giving up day-to-day work. I think, you know, those are the sort of main issues I've found when you've got an issue, especially being younger and being less experienced, realizing that, you know, you can solve this issue and over time it will get better. I think that was a big thing. And it's something now, you know, when you get problems in your day-to-day work, you know that because you're more experienced, you can deal with those. But I think at a younger age, that was a bigger issue. And I also think, you know, growing your company and learning how to develop a company, it does take time. Being patient and working hard as well is big issues and something that you need to solve. I've got to pick your brains about this. What's your thoughts on Clubhouse? I do like Clubhouse. As you know, you get more and more busy, you sort of try and set some time away from it. But I think it's, it's a really good platform and I've got a good amount of connections through Clubhouse. You know, you can get in some rooms with some fantastic people. And I think if you have that confidence, you can actually get noticed by some top names in industries. Like I was, when I first started joining Clubhouse, I was in like a Clubhouse with a Snoop Dogg. I was, I was like, what's going on? Why Snoop Dogg here? And, you know, you can keep hear people like Floyd Mayover. It's just, it's crazy. And I think, you know, if you have that sort of character about you to, you know, try and get up and talk to people like that, it is good. But I think on the other hand, there are a lot of people that are doing it for selfish reasons and a lot of people that are doing it, you know, just to keep on talking and they don't give other people an opportunity to talk. Mm, I thought LinkedIn were going to move into it, especially on a business side. Obviously, Twitter's not going to be as businessy. Personally, I hate Twitter. I can't stand it. I just look up Reading transfer rumours. That's all I do. Yeah, I use Twitter just to argue with people about football, to be honest. I don't use it much either, but I, I do see some benefits of it. I've, I've got some good connections through Twitter as well. And I looked at your Twitter before you came on and I was like, oh, is there anything on there? And it was just Chelsea stuff. Yeah, and if you like... probably go to like tweet and replies, if you slide across, you'll probably just see me just arguing with every single person. And it's good for yeah. sport. Or like when you see something like, oh, what's it, why is everyone talking about this? And you go on Twitter and you search it and then you, mm-hmm. you've got the whole story straight yeah, it's away. It's also very toxic. I was doing a, AFTV were doing a webinar for us. And the day before it, I had about 50 people basically tweeting me and the charity's Twitter page, completely just abusing us for working with them. You know, swearing, calling us every name under the sun. Oh, for working with, oh, yeah. oh, they, they can't call it Arsenal fan yeah. TV, yeah. can they? Like, or? AFTV, yeah. We got completely abused for that. What was it like working with them? It was good. It was very good. They're a very sort of good company, very helpful company. They get a lot of bad sort of press, but I think they've got some really good values. And uh, I was working with Robbie and you know, he does a lot of work with charities and social enterprises, which he doesn't even mention. You know, He gave us two hours of his time on a Monday evening and the questions were just kept on going. And I sort of had to end it because it would have just kept on going on and on and on. And he was just sort of very happy to spend his time and work with us. As a Chelsea fan, you must find their videos funny though. Yeah, of course, of course. If I was an Arsenal fan, I probably wouldn't watch them, but I'm Chelsea, so unfortunately I can watch another bad team in London. I think that is their target audience, everyone but Arsenal fans. Yeah, I get that. Obviously, rest of this year, obviously I'm getting quite busy with some stuff which you can't really speak about, but have you got anything sort of upcoming plans for 2022 that you can talk about? Just sort of growing the organisation and working more and more with different schools and youth clubs and young people. We've recently had some really good partnerships with people like the Diana Rule, Princess Trust, some really good different young people as well. Also working on another project around growing young entrepreneurs' business and uh, recording it for a documentary as well, which is something I'm aiming for. Also, we're in talks to take over two different startups as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to sort of potentially sort of running those companies as well. Because that's sort of what I'm always interested in, you know, being involved in new startups, helping startups grow, and also the youth side of things and the projects. Because you do quite a lot with Young Enterprise as well, don't you? The youngest ever person to actually sort of mentor and sponsor one of their events. 
which was a really nice event in London. I've done that and I know the CEO very well. She's really good and really positive for young people. And I think it's a great organization because it's all about, you know, helping young people with starting a business, which is really important, which you sort of don't really get taught in school. I know in school you get taught business, which I never even enjoyed when I was running a business and I didn't, not surprised you, but I didn't get along well with my business teacher. So, which, which is crazy. See, I love the work they do that goes to all the schools and like, we're doing a couple of events with them in June and July about going to different schools, doing like the year 10. And I think it's upper sixth at the moment because we do different like CV workshops and the person that's quite local to me that she works for Young Enterprise, she was saying, oh, why don't you start doing them through us? And I was like, right, well, this could save me a lot of time and organizing the events if I could just do them through you guys. So we're trying to do some more stuff for them. So I think it's exactly what people need. And that's why I think it's important people like you and me go into schools and talk to young people because instead of you know getting talked at by an older teacher, it's good sort of to get fresh people in, show that they can achieve good things. And I feel like that's where you know there's a lot of unemployment, there's a lot of mental health issues, there's a lot of um, crime rate because of the lack of direction they receive in school. Well, is that relatability, isn't it? Like we're relatable. We're relatable to people. They can see I left college. I must have been like five or six years now, actually. It's still relatable, more and more relatable than someone in their 50s saying about, oh, when I was younger, I could buy a house for 30 grand. It's like, okay, well, fantastic. You can't do that anymore. Round here, I mean, you probably can somewhere, like Sunderland or something. But it's one thing that drives me mad is when people are a lot older, like, oh, when I was your age, I had a house. I was like, did you? And it's like, well, <laughs> a lot's changed since then. It's been about 70 years since. So obviously the whole point of this show is you might be aware is that we want to help our listeners identify what their spike is and when i say that i mean the thing that they possess that's unique to them that makes them stand out in a crowded market if anything it's your personal usp but what do you think your spike is yeah i would say for me it's probably like the the, the drive to do stuff which people haven't done before you know be the youngest person to do this be able to achieve this thing and i think that's what's really important you know you can have all the skill in the world but if you don't have that sort of drive and determination you won't achieve or do much. I think the drive thing's really important. I mean, I've got friends, and I'm sure you've had friends as well, that are like, oh, I'm going to start this business tomorrow. You get to tomorrow. Okay, you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to do it next day. I need to call the bank. I need to do this. I need to go to HMRC. And like a year later, they're still like, oh, no, no, I still haven't got around to doing that. And it's like, why? Yeah, people like have sort of so many excuses why they can't start or they don't have that sort of work or, or drive ethic. So I think that's really crucial. If you want to find an excuse, you'll make an excuse. And it can be any excuse under the world, but people will always will make them. And I think it's quite sad when you look back when someone first said about doing something, it will, if you would have done it then and actually stuck to it and put the hard work in where you'd be at now. Exactly. I fully agree. And I think, you know, that for me has always been the most important part of sort of when I speak to people, I think that, that hard work, you know, that, that willingness to sacrifice, you know, personal life and, and personal sort of day-to-day activities to actually achieve what you want to do and to be successful. I think a big part of success as well is, is who you surround yourself with is, is a big thing that I think as well. Is there anything in particular you look for in the people around you? Yeah, I would say um, it doesn't even have to be young entrepreneurs, but I would say, you know, people that have a passion to do something, people that are trying to achieve great things and have a plan. I think, you know, growing up, I had a lot of young people, you know, around me. I didn't sort of talk to anymore. I wasn't sort of in the circle. I wasn't going out as much because I was trying to focus on solely my business and what I was trying to achieve there. And I always say to people, you know, don't, don't cut off your friends or family because they're not maybe as motivated or as, or as ambitious to you. I would sort of just say, you know, very allocate your time very carefully with what you want to achieve. Definitely. It's difficult, isn't it? That's a lot of people. It's that work-life balance as well. 
If you could go back in time and sit down with yourself at 13, just before, see the cloven line, before you started up your businesses, what would you be saying to yourself? I would say, similar to what I was saying before, just sort of don't give up and, you know, time will improve things in your business. With experience, you learn a lot of things. And I think at 13, you know, you sort of have big ambitions to do this and do this. But realistically, you know, you have to start and build experience up. Hats off massively to you because when you first started your business, I think I was probably just out playing on my bike, to be honest. Like, I'm probably just playing rugby or out on my bike. So, I'm absolutely sort of hats off. It's incredible to see what you've done at such a young age already and where you're at now. What's the best bit of advice someone has ever given you? Yeah, I, I was speaking about this the other day actually on the Dino Award. I think it was keeping things very simple. Because, you know, when I was younger, I was a bit, you know, I was a bit, sort of, I was stressed. I was, you know, frantic. I was doing this, doing that. But I think when you keep things simple and you keep things structured, you will be able to do well. Keeping a precise plan in, in your sort of business or your life, it will massively help you. So where's the best place to reach, obviously, the charity or yourself? Our site is aheadoftimeacademy.com. Same with social medias. And myself, it's just Zach Fultag on all social medias as well. If you want to contact me regarding helping the charity or... If you sort of need any questions on business or entrepreneurship, yeah, I'm always free on social media. I think we can all agree Zach has an amazing story. Really enjoyed having him on speak about life setting up a business when he was 15 to work with major retailers such as ASOS to being kicked out by a security guard at his own office at midnight. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the follow button, reach out to us via at the spike pod across all social medias and we'll see you next time.